Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of the Survival Fitness Rant. Uh, the daily rant, well, it's not every day, it's like Monday to Friday, right? You'll notice I, I'm wearing my hat and my t-shirt today. <laughs> this is probably the costume you'll get from now on. Uh, I might even redo the first episode <laughs> because I wasn't, uh, and things have uh, changed a little bit. Like I told you yesterday that I changed my mind quite a lot and I'm actually still trying to figure out uh, the direction that I want the survival fitness plan to go in. I hope to really figure that out over the next few weeks and uh, I'll keep you updated on how that goes. So you get to follow the business side of the journey also. But uh, of course the main thing is for uh, you to learn uh, about the subjects of the survival fitness plan. Uh, and today, because uh, if you tuned in yesterday, you'll know that today I mentioned that I'll uh, just be giving a kind of introduction week so over the next uh, three days, I'm just gonna touch on each of the core survival fitness plan subjects. Uh, fight, which will be today, or self-defense. Uh, flight, tomorrow, which encompasses uh, like parkour, swimming, rock climbing, hiking, uh, and mountain bike riding. And escape, evasion, and survival, which is wilderness survival, escape and evasion, and kind of prepping stuff. Um, so I'm just going to talk about my personal relationship with it. And uh, yeah, so let's start with fight, fight training for today or self-defense. Okay, so, uh, this was the first survival fitness plan subject that I got into and I actually got into it uh, fairly young. Uh, I, when I was a child growing up in Australia in the 80s and uh, I, Asian, <laughs> not full Asian, I'm a uh, half Colombian, half uh, Chinese Malay, right? My dad's Chinese Malay and my mother's Colombian. And uh, I don't know if you know, well, you probably do, uh, especially back in those times uh, and earlier, uh, Australia was a fairly racist place. I mean, it still is. I, I don't know. I don't live there much anymore, but I'm pretty, it's fairly racist. And I, I've had my share. And also because I'm actually quite small in stature, especially when I was a child, I was literally... 120 centimeters tall and about 25 kilograms for like two or three years, right? So uh, my one day my brother started doing uh, jujitsu uh, and and they were like, hey, why don't you do it too? And I was like, yeah, that'll be good. So I did, I started doing jujitsu, not Brazilian jujitsu, not the ground stuff. It was um, jujitsu Japanese I don't know, standing jiu-jitsu, I don't know what style it was exactly. But so that's what got me into, we would just go there once a week. And uh, yeah, it was like one of the extracurricular activities, right? Like other people would go play soccer or basketball, football or uh, basketball, right? And uh, we would go to martial arts training. So that was pretty cool. And uh, of course, as kids, you don't always want to go. Like some, sometimes we get, mom would take us there and we would, uh, oh yeah, okay, we'll see you when you get back. And then we'd go run off, right? And just play or whatever. And then come back and uh, when it was time to pick up, get picked up and get picked up. And there was also times, and then at some stage in the journey, my brother was old enough to join the older, later group. And I st stayed in the children's group. And then because I, I would have to wait, right, for like uh, an hour for my mom to pick me up. So the instructor would just be like, why don't you just join our class while you wait? So I was like training with the adults, which was pretty cool. I remember because I was, even in the kids class, I was like the smallest. So they would use me to demonstrate how the techniques could overcome a bigger assailant, right? Of course, 
the guy, like I would give him the wrist twist or a wrist look, right? And you'd be like, ah, <laughs> right? I'm sure he was acting a little bit. But one time I did use it. I was like year four and uh, in school. And uh, oh, just a little note that you might see my accent change. It might go from like kind of American to like Australian and to like something weird in between. It's, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I don't know. It, it's nothing to be sorry about, I guess. It's just the way my accent is. It's just because I travel quite a bit and um, when I'm talking to people that aren't in Australia or aren't English, then it's better to use an American accent. And I guess just instinctively I do that. When I start talking to my Australian friends or my English friends, it goes into Australian. But I think if I spoke, if I was speaking like full Australian, like a lot of uh, the audience, if there's anyone out there, <laughs> uh, might not understand. But so anyway, it's an instinctive thing. And uh, I, I apologize if it annoys you switching when it switches, but never mind. You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, I was in year four. And uh, this is when I first realized the power of martial arts, right? So I was in year four and there was this kid. He was in like in year seven and I'm on the school oval or the field. And um, he was like bullying me because you get bullied when you're little, right? And, uh, and then I got him and put him in a wrist twist and he started crying. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shoot. And I ran. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. But that's when I realized I was like, hey. And that filled me with confidence, right? Not that I was ever a bully because I'm still small, right? I don't like to. And I knew, and I knew at that stage what it was like to be bullied. So I never, uh, I never did that to anyone else. Well, I'm sure I did at some stage, like often, you know, I mean, kids are kids. But not that I've ever had that inclination to do it. And then, uh, and then so I just had confidence. And then I remember when I was a couple of years later, uh, still in primary school and then I saw this kid getting bullied by two other guys and I remember just walking up and being like hey that's not fair and they just looked at me and walked away and that's when I realized that even just having the confidence of knowing that you can protect yourself or like beat up someone else just showing that confidence is usually 90% of the time it's enough to uh, to get people to go away right another time that happened when i was much older like 18 or 19 and um kind of running with a rowdy crowd and we were on the train uh the metro and uh there was like a fight on the train between my friends or they were starting a fight right and i remember one of the people was like hey you got to do something and uh so i just i Basically just what well, I know this sound I'm telling stories. It makes me sound like I'm full of myself <laughs> Sorry about that. I, that won't happen often maybe and I basically just said listen, uh, we don't want to fight you uh, When it just calm down, we don't want to start a fight and the guy just kind of looked at me and then he looked at his friend and I don't know if it was something like they can tell that you know something right so and then he you could see that he was just like oh we better not mess around right and so yeah so that's so I think the main point of those stories is is that even it's amazing to learn how to defend yourself but I think the the greatest thing about it is that it in, it gives you inside the confidence and that confidence is gets shown outwards and then so it means you don't have to fight right because uh, a lot of attackers will, auto, will they prey on the weak so when you can make your aura right if you believe in that stuff if you make your aura or your presence, right, your chi, that might be more, uh, more, uh, anyway, I've lost my words. <laughs> uh, you make your chi, right? And then, uh, yeah, and then people just kind of know. So that, that kind of brings me to uh, 
so that was, I that had the need for the, for the training, right? When I was a kid, because I was getting bullied or whatever. And then I started the formal training, right? I started with jujitsu. And then as I got older, uh, I did Muay Thai. And I did that competition as a junior. And uh, that was pretty cool. And then uh, when MMA, that did Muay Thai for like three or four years. And MMA started to get um, popular. So I got into MMA and I like MMA too. And then... Um, and then my brother did ninjutsu and I did a bit of that with him. And then, uh, oh, and then I used to go around, oh, I was in the military and they teach you some self-defense. And that's when I really got this thing of, uh, yeah, all martial arts are cool, but you really only need like core techniques uh, to do self-defense, right? But then, of course I was still interested in martial arts. So then I started going around the training camps around the world. I, did Arnis in the Philippines for a couple of months, and then I went to uh, do Jeet Kune Do and, and Wing Chun in China in the training camps. So that was pretty cool. But and then I uh, and then I really kind of uh, formalized what I wanted to do in the way. So it's not about being the best martial artist, right? You really only need core techniques and then practice them a lot. Like, I think Bruce Lee said something like that he, as well. Uh, I, in fact, I know he said something like that as well. He's like, I'm more afraid of the, uh, of the man that practices one kick a thousand times than the man that practices a thousand techniques or something like along those lines, right? And it's 100% true, right? Uh, so yeah. And so now these days, I don't really do any formal training. I've created the self-defense handbook and I follow that right and then of course uh, it gets tweaked every now and again when I learn new stuff and I'm like oh like before it had some like knife defense stuff that uh, from uh, Kali Arnes and I realized that's ah, not really that practical and to be fair all knife defense isn't really that practical <laughs> because you're against a knife <laughs> so uh, you better run right uh, but there's some of that stuff in there and then uh, I started teaching it a little bit and that's what I'm starting to get into more now. I actually started teaching it before I wrote the self-defense handbook. So uh, I guess teaching it helped me, helped me realize what I should put in that handbook. And I had a few other books before that. that uh, so it's being tweaked and changed and now the self-defense handbook's kind of it. And so yeah, uh, one the thing about teaching it, I remember uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, I was in Australia and uh, when was it? It was about 2009. And uh, I developed a company called First Action Self-Defense, right? And basically I called up every single school and uh, from Perth to Melbourne, right? Along the Nullarbor Plain. Every single school called them up and was like, hey, I'll teach your kids about self-defense and about uh, bullying, right? You gotta, I have to put that stuff about bullying in it, anti-bullying, uh, because otherwise they wouldn't they wouldn't do it, right? You need to have that message. And that's it's a good message, but I'm no expert in anti-bullying, right? So basically I just went and I actually got some complaints and like two or three of the schools because they're like, he's doing a lot of self-defense stuff and not much anti-bullying. And so I had to change it a bit, but uh, I kind of just made that up on the fly. But I was, uh, I was experienced with debriefing uh, when I was working with an outdoor company called uh, Teamworks and you would, you would, uh, do an activity and then you would debrief how to work as a team and stuff like that. So I basically just adapted that to uh, bullying, right? Uh, so that kind of went okay. So that was cool. That was really good fun. And we spent, you can drive the Nullarbor plane from Perth to Melbourne in like two days if you really want to. But we took like one or two months because we would go, go to the school, have a look around, spend a couple of days at the new place and then go to the next place. And yeah, 
so that was, and then uh, we'll, yeah. Okay, that's enough for today. This has gone on long enough. I don't, I don't like the episodes to go over 10 minutes and this has already done that. So let's wrap it up there. Uh, I was talking about the self-defense handbook. You can get your free preview of that or you can just go uh, grab it. I'm sure maybe by the time you listen to this or in the very near future, uh, there'll be some good deals. And there is a deal on it for it now, actually. So you can grab that because that might come down soon. Uh, so go to www.sf... No, you can go to... You can do that or you can go... Sorry. www.survivalfitnessplan.com forward slash self dash defense dash handbook and uh yeah grab copies comes we might have some bonuses uh no i don't think at the moment it does but it will do soon right so uh but it's it's on discount it's cheap so go uh go grab yourself a copy and start training like self-defense you teach yourself with that thing this, this is the reason i developed a lot of these uh survival fitness plan things is because going to formal classes i don't really like it and uh and especially because i'm a traveler so all of the books are designed to be like teach yourself right and to be fair it's i i admit it's not as effective as one-on-one -on -one teaching and i'm hoping in the future for survival fitness plan we can we can do some uh live teaching right i that's my plan in over the coming one or two years is to start start with that but uh yeah definitely start with the book okay and you can get your free preview as well so you just want to have a look that's cool uh that's it don't forget to like and subscribe Share this with your friends and I'll see you tomorrow or whenever you watch it. Bye.